0: Hey there, Sophia Satterwhite here. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. So I really think you're going to enjoy this one because um you know, there's been a lot of talk about what it really takes to transition from your full-time job into some kind of lifestyle brand or business that is completely different than the work that you've been doing. So there was no better person that I could have on the show today than Juliana Christensen, who is the blogger and owner of Blush and Camo. Um, Juliana is a former army officer and she decided to build her blog back in 2015. And today it has generated over six figures in revenue. She's been able to partner with Fortune 100 and 500 companies. um, And she's now full time. So she She's going to give us the behind the scenes and tell us her real life story. So in today's episode, we talk about what the starting budget of a fashion blogger should look like. Uh, We talk about how to deal with transitioning from a formal traditional role to running more of a fun lifestyle blog or business, how to handle the fear that comes with that. Um, how much to post on social media, and also how Juliana specifically honored her value and actually started making money in her business. And so we give you some tips on today's episode and also some encouragement so that you know that you are not alone. The beautiful thing about She Heals the World is that, um, you know, we get to share these stories of women who have decided to take charge of their life and create their own empires, their way that are filled with freedom and giving and love. And so if that's where you are, if you're a woman or a really empowered male as well who is in a job or in a position and you feel like you are out on an island, you're, you're feeling out of alignment with the work that you're doing and you really want to jump into something new, listen to the episodes of this talk show, of this podcast, and you'll get lots of encouragement in knowing that you're not alone. There are lots of people who have done it and who are continuing to do it every day, and it is totally possible for you to create a life that you love. So I'm really excited to welcome Juliana to the show. Tune in, she's coming up soon. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode Hey everybody, welcome to the She Heals the World talk show today. So today I have Juliana with us from Blush and Camo and I am so excited for her to share her story with you. Juliana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to jump into your background. So why don't you just kind of give our listeners some information on how you got started in this work?
1: Yeah. So my story is actually pretty unique. Um, I used to be an army officer and I was sitting in my car. This is 2013. I was sitting in my car before PT and I just created um, an Instagram account and I'm scrolling and I found this girl, Julia Ingle, gal meets glam, one of the OGs. And I saw her feed and I was like, what is this? And in her uh, bio, it said blogger and I, you know, every day I'd go back and I'd look at her handle and I was just fascinated at this little space that she had created for herself. And I knew a week into kind of looking into this blogging thing, I was like, I have to do this. Like, this is my calling. Um, There was only one problem. I was deploying to Afghanistan in, in like three months. And so I purchased all the books I had, like, Blogging for Dummies, Blogging 101, and during my entire deployment, I was just doing research on how to cultivate this little space on the internet, and within a month of coming back from deployment, my, my website was up and running, and I have just been a blogger, or I considered myself a blogger ever since. So that's like where the whole blush and camo thing originated from. That's my story in a nutshell.
0: Wow. Well, I can tell you that that is such an interesting story, mostly because you were in the army when you decided to do this. And forgive me, because I don't really know how the army works, but how did the logistics of all of that work? Oh my goodness.
1: It was difficult at first, but I would create time during the day. Um, whether that be like a quick 30 minute lunch, I'd work on my blog. And then as soon as I got home, I'd try and dedicate at least an hour every day towards the blog, um, just because the army does have a really regimented schedule. And so it was just kind of like fitting in blogging in the spaces that I had. And I'm really lucky that my husband was so supportive at the time um, of me taking some time away from
0: us and, and dedicating that towards Blush and Camo. So what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Were, was the Army in your immediate plans? Like, tell me a little bit about your upbringing and what even made you get into the Army in the beginning. Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, I had no intention of joining the Army at all, but I actually got recruited to swim on the swim team at West Point. That's mm-hmm. the United States Military Academy. And I went on an unofficial visit. And I fell in love with the whole concept. Um, I loved like the challenge of the school. It was a great education. And although I had never considered being in the Army, that did appeal to me, being a part of this team. Um, so I decided to go for it. And that's how I ended up in the Army. I actually thought that I was going to be a lawyer. And I studied international law. Um, at West Point. So that was what I majored in. And that's what I thought that I would be once I got out of the military.
0: I mean, what I love about your story is that it's not like you were like a fashion designer or like was dressing up every day, like it's a completely different field. So there must have been so many qualities and characteristics that you were able to bring over so that you were successful. Um, So tell me a little bit about like, what did it take to really get it off the ground? Like, what hurdles did you have to overcome as you were trying to start start the blog? I really think that
1: being in the military is what what drove me to start the blog just because in high school and and growing up, I was always into fashion and clothing and styling um, different outfits. And before Pinterest, you know, cutting pictures out of magazines. If you remember doing that and like putting them on a sheet of paper, I was always doing those things. And then, you know, the, the military is such a different environment and such a different culture. And you're in a uniform all the time, which I was so proud of wearing, but I really missed that that ultra feminine feeling like a girl. And so as soon as I graduated from West Point and finished up that deployment, was really when I was like, I really need to bring back this side of myself. You know, I'm definitely fulfilling, I would say more of like the tomboy side of me, right? Like I'm in uniform and um, I'm in the military and I'm doing all of these things, but I'm not fulfilling this, this girly side of me that I've always had. And so that was really the driving force. And the reason why I wanted to start Blush and Camo was... To get dressed up and take these photos and and share my my passion for styling um so many hurdles you know there's still no no courses in college that you can take on blogging so it was a lot of research just to even get the blog off the ground i mean i didn't know you know, what was a hosting site? What was a server? How do you work with photographers? How to edit photos? Like, all the basics that go into blogging. It took me months um, to really understand how all of that worked. And then there's also the the mental side, right, of does the world need another blogger? Um, and, I, and I think that was kind of difficult to, to overcome, too. And it's like, yes, like, I have this thing to share and I'm going to share it. And so I think that was a little hard and I was also really nervous about what my buddies in the military were gonna think when people found out about this, um, would they think I was being weird? And mm. and you know, all those, those things where you second guess yourself but at the end of the day, I knew that this was something that I was insanely passionate about. And I didn't know exactly where I wanted to take it. I just knew that I had to go for it. And so I just kind of took all those doubts and and quieted
0: them and uh, and just went for it. Wow! And I'm quite sure, like your friends at the military, they're looking at your blog and they're like, "Damn, I should have did that."
1: <laughs> you know, I'm I was honestly surprised. So many of my buddies to this day. I mean, they're so supportive of it. Um, I not, I shouldn't say I was, surprised. I mean, yeah, I was a little surprised, I didn't know what they would think, I didn't know if I was going to be made fun of, or, yeah, I had no idea, but they've just been wonderful about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, because I can relate to that story, too, coming from very formal and high-level positions, when you make the switch to do something a little bit more lifestyle-focused, yeah. and 1st like, oh boy, you know, for me coming from academia, it's like, are all the academics going to look at me and be like, what is she doing with her document? But at the end of the day, it kind of gives them permission to do something different as well. And to find a creative way to use their genius, you know, to to create a different kind of life. So that's really cool. So um, the financial side is something that I think comes up for people a lot. And Thankfully, like you were like really successful with your work. You've been able to create over six figures in your, in your business so far. And so I'm just wondering, like, when did, I guess, real talk, when did the money start coming in where you were like, okay, I can actually make a real business from this?
1: Um, so that actually didn't happen until last September. So almost a year ago. And At the time, I think I had 55,000 followers on Instagram. And I always thought that when I hit a certain threshold, that's when companies would start paying me. And I realized pretty quickly that, you know, I was still getting a lot of these gifted offers or doing things for free. And I was at a place in my life where I was like, I... I can't do this for, for free anymore. Something needs to change. And that's when I started to really value my work and understand that the audience that I've built over these past four and a half years is important. And it's, you know, my work and and the time that it takes just to, to post a picture on Instagram, it takes hours. You know, the, the creative effort and working with the photographer and the editing and the hashtag... Um, like all the hashtags that you have to research and figure out which one's going to get the best reach and impressions. I mean, that takes a lot of time. And so it really wasn't until last September when I felt like I kind of stood up for myself a little bit. I was like, okay, enough is enough. These are my rates. And surprisingly, you know, I was kind of surprised when companies would come back, go, okay, you know, awesome. Mm. Like we can pay you that. And it was, it was life-changing and I mean that in the best sense of the word because two months after I decided hey I'm not going to work for free anymore I was able to do this full-time and uh, I've never I've never looked back I'm, I'm so thrilled that I was finally able to do that
0: so now like For other people that want to do this, what are some tips that you can share with the audience about how they can succeed in the fashion blogging industry?
1: Yeah, um, so my first tip is know your why. You know, as a fashion blogger, why do you show up every day? Why are you posting the content that you're posting? Um, And the why is really your mission statement behind your blog or your brand. And so once you have that why figured out, your mission statement, everything else kind of falls into place. So, you know, my mission statement is that I provide affordable, you know, life and style tips so that everyday woman can elevate her lifestyle and grow her dream wardrobe. So everything that I'm posting and I'm creating and I'm writing on my blog, all of that ties into my why And that really allows you to kind of set yourself apart from other fashion bloggers that are that are in the space. My second tip is understand and really get to know your audience, especially Instagram is, I would say, the number one platform for fashion and lifestyle bloggers. And five years ago, it was all about just the number of followers that you had, but but now it's really about the engagement. Um, that you have and that relationship that you have with the tribe that you've spent so much time cultivating. So it's really important to understand and get to know your audience. Um, And it's the easiest way to do this is through IG stories, like ask them questions, there's like a little question box you can put in there, pull them, figure out um, different outfits or styling that they want to see from you. And then you can also take a look at data, right? Many fashion bloggers have business accounts. So you can kind of look at the back end of your Instagram because numbers don't lie. See which photos got the best reach and impressions and saves and and overall engagement. And then you can take a look at your blog and see, you know, what are the blog posts that are really speaking to your audience and see if maybe you can create some more blog posts or content centered around the general topic that you had and that's how you really build upon and get to know the audience that you have because after all it's you know as fashion blogging it's really about the connection that you have with with your tribe I just call it your tribe so that's tip
0: number two well let me ask you something about that one because I find that for new women entrepreneurs who are going more into the lifestyle industry a lot of them ask like should I keep my current personal page and just start posting let's say for a fashion blogger just start posting fashion pics of me traveling or should I start a brand new account and like from scratch and then just hope that somebody stumbles and finds me like what's the best approach when you're like at the very 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 beginning and you haven't even gotten one follower yet who's interested in your in your new business so
1: I just Took my personal account, which was my at Juliana Claire on Instagram, and I just turned that into what it is today. So if some, if someone really wanted to take the time and scroll back, you know, mm-hmm. a few a few years, um, they would see some things that were not fashion related. But that's because it was my personal account. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I honestly see the pros and cons to both, but um, what I did was I just used my personal account. Awesome. So what's the
0: next tip you got for
1: us? Uh, So tip number three is set boundaries on social media. And I know this sounds really, really counterintuitive um, to fashion blogging. But as fashion bloggers, we're constantly plugged into social media and our websites and just across all these different platforms and especially for someone who's just starting out in the fashion lifestyle space, it can be really tempting to be on all these platforms all the time. And then you start to get burned out and it's oh, it's OK to set boundaries and say, OK, at seven o'clock, like I'm going to put my phone away and I'm not going to look at it until seven o'clock the next morning or whatever boundary works for you. I will say that my first year of blogging, I didn't I didn't unplug it all. And I it resulted in burnout. It resulted in lack of creativity. And so really setting those boundaries allows you time to kind of like re- recharge your creative juices and create amazing content for your audience. So I just think that setting boundaries on social media is so important for yeah. fashion blogs.
0: And you know what? That makes me think about creative energy. And so one thing I talk to my tribe a lot about is, like you said, having that downtime because sometimes when you just work smarter, it is like far more effective than putting in hours and working harder, which is kind of what we're trained to do. And that's because you need those creative juices flowing. And so for you, when you're thinking about your shoots and you're thinking about where do you want to go and what look do you want to have? Are you behind all of your style and then you communicate that to your photographer or are you kind of setting up like your tripod to take your photos and you're designing the whole thing soup to nuts or do you brainstorm with people? What's your creative process like? Because your photos are amazing. The locations are gorgeous. Like the whole imagery is nice. And so what is that process like for you?
1: Yeah, so I... I love the save feature on Instagram. So when I'm when I'm scrolling or I'm looking at some of some of my favorite accounts, I can save those photos and it goes into a file. So when I'm in that creative process of planning for my next shoot, I will go in and pick one or two photos that really speak to me. And then I also have some like secret boards on Pinterest that are also filled with inspiration and I'll pull a few photos from there as well and i create a mood board and i will send that to my photographer and i'll say this is the vibe that i'm looking for and then i i will plan out all the locations and then i style all the outfits even my poses and accessories are based off of the mood board that i sent my photographer so when we when we go into that session to shoot it's pretty time efficient and they already kind of know what I'm looking for, so that's kind of my creative process. And um, I I find that I recharge the most creatively when I walk my dogs. So mm. if I if I need to recharge creatively or if I need to to brainstorm, if like nothing's really speaking to me, I I put the computer away, I leave the phone at home, and I just go for a walk with my dogs until you know your head just feels kind of cleared. So that's just the creative process for me and what
0: works for me. Beautiful. I think that's going to help so many people because I do also agree that that movement, like when you're walking or when you're exercising, like the uh, most amazing ideas just kind of get downloaded to you. And so being intentional about creating that space is super important. Very. Yeah.
1: Tip number four is start small and, and build from there. So for up and coming influencers or um, people who are just starting their fashion and lifestyle brand, it can be really, really tempting to want to do all of the things, to create a Facebook page and an Instagram page and a Pinterest and a blog and potentially a podcast and there's just all these things. And my recommendation is to start small. So maybe just have an Instagram and a blog master those and then add on a Facebook page and then add on a, a Twitter account and, and so on and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I also think too that for up and coming influencers, it can be tempting to compare themselves to um, influencers who are doing this full time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's okay if you only have an hour or an hour and a half to spend a day on on building your brand because we've all been there. I mean, all influencers have started you know, working full time and then hustling on the side or they're super busy stay at home moms. And we've all started with kind of dedicating that one hour. And it's, it's just important that you hold yourself accountable for that one hour a day, right? It's like, okay, I only have one hour, but I'm con- going to consistently use that one hour every day Towards these these goals that I have, and then over time you'll see that it really builds up into the bigger picture of becoming a, a fashion blogger.
0: Yeah. So along with that time piece, um, would you say that people should aim to post at least once a day, or is there a minimum that you would recommend people don't kind of deviate from, like? What is your typical posting schedule? I think knowing that that may help them compare like, okay, well, she's a full-time blogger. So if I'm going to do this part-time, I may be able to just post X amount and still build up a following. What's your advice for that?
1: So my posting schedule is Sunday through Friday. And then I always take Saturdays off to just kind of unplug and recharge and not be on the app. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that posting six times a week works for me i i think that it's really important that consistency is more important with however many times you post so if you know you're you're balancing that full time job and blogging and you can only post three times a week let's say monday wednesday friday but, but you're, you're consistent with that. That's better than posting six times a week. And then the following week you only post once. And mm-hmm.
0: then the, next, so
1: it's like consistency is more important than the number of times that that you post.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. Super helpful. And I also think like there are a lot of apps that people can use to remind them to post. Like I know I use, I mean I pay for it, but it's Meet Edgar, that's one, and then there's Later, and there's like all these different platforms to give people reminders so that they can be consistent because I know consistency is so hard especially if you're in a full-time job and like you have a boss and they just throw something at your desk and you know, it takes you a week or two to complete it and everything just kind of goes to the back burner, you know, don't forget about your business. Don't forget about your own freedom and and building something up while you're also making a living. So that's important.
1: And batching is kind of falls into that too, right? Like you mm-hmm. could batch all of your IG photos. If you're posting three times a week, you could save those in drafts on Instagram. So if you're in a pinch, mm-hmm. you can post it and then just move on with your day because it's already in in
0: the app so yes like, yes yeah, batching is is crucial so i know you have one more tip but i am dying to ask this other question and i hope it's not a curveball for you but okay, i was just thinking through the logistics as you were talking and i was like i wonder what a starting budget would look like for folks who are trying to do this and not like very specific but i'm thinking about all the things that go into fashion blogging like all the different outfits and all the different accessories and you mentioned that like you have a photographer and you know going traveling to the different locations at some point you probably you know uh, run out of spots to to go to in your local neighborhood so when you were first starting like how did you get around that you mentioned like you used to get like gifts and that would kind of help you build up your your closet of of materials but for people just starting should they like, what should they actually spend money on? That
1: is a great question. And I think for each influencer, it might be a little bit different. So some people might value the like the photography a little bit more than the clothing items. And some people might value the styling more than the, the photography. I, I will say that iPhone photography has come such a long way yeah. from... Five years ago when I started and you couldn't really use your iPhone it was just kind of grainy and didn't really work Um, my audience I've pulled them they cannot tell a difference between a professional photo and an iPhone photo like they Mm -hmm. they, I mean I can tell a difference but my tribe can't yeah and and so I think just starting out with um, an iPhone and maybe spending money on presets like those are like all the rage right now just so you have like a consistent feed and presets aren't super expensive. Um, Depending on on where you purchase them from, that's a great use of money is presets. And then um, other money, you obviously have to spend money on like paying for a domain name and a hosting site. And I don't, I also think there's a common misconception that you have to spend a lot of money on as a blogger What I've found through the years, and this actually surprised me, was your audience doesn't care about if you reuse items. In fact, that makes you more relatable. So like, I'll style a shirt or a skirt six, six, seven, eight different times throughout the season, and it still gets the same engagement and response from people. Um, especially if you're doing affiliate marketing and they continually see you wearing this item, there's a great chance that maybe your sales will will go up on that particular item. So you really don't just, I mean, you obviously have to have a wardrobe, but you don't need to be spending hundreds of dollars every month on, on items. if, If that makes sense. So I would definitely say iPhone photography, spend money on presets, spend money on your, on your site Um, Because a beautiful site will have people wanting to come back. It's like almost like a warm welcome when you have a beautiful site. And then everything else will kind of fall into place organically over time. And it goes back to you don't have to do all the things at once.
0: Yes. Yes. I think you just saved somebody a lot of stress when you said you don't have to buy a new outfit for every new photo. You know, reusing the same clothes that you have. And like you said, styling them differently. Like, of course, that's more relatable, because that's what everybody does. But I guess people may not think about that as as a new leader in the space. So that was really that was really a keeper right there. So what is the last one you got for us?
1: So my last tip is to cultivate your girl gang um, and for up and coming influencers and fashion bloggers, network and reach out to other bloggers in your field, in your industry. Um, and and when you do that, you're able to share ideas or, or, or bounce ideas off of one another. Um, you have a built in support system because just like with any job, you have good days and you have bad days. And it's really nice to lean on your girlfriends on the days when you just kind of need a little pick me up. Um, It's not like there's a building where all the fashion bloggers show up and work to, you know, every single day, we're scattered all over the US. And so to have that group there that can help you and support you, and you also learn so much from them, because their zone of genius might be different from your zone of genius. And when you kind of you know, share those those back and forth, you you grow as, as an influencer as well. So it's just so important for longevity um, in this industry to have a supportive group of girlfriends
0: that that you can turn to. Mm, that is really important. I think people don't give that as much attention as it deserves because they assume like, okay, I left my nine to five job, I'm working from home, you know, I'll just figure it out without realizing that that nine to five job gave you consistency. That nine to five job gave you a group of people that you could go out to lunch with and meet after work. And so there's a gap that you have to find a way to fill or you're going to be miserable working from home. (laughs) Yes. That was actually my biggest hurdle
1: that I needed to overcome when I, when I started blogging full time was I didn't realize how isolating working from home can feel and so that's when I you know again a year ago is when I really started to cultivate you know my my girl gang and you know now I have these these girls you know fashion bloggers that I talk to every single day I actually just got off the phone with one of them we were bouncing ideas off of one another for 20 minutes it's just so important to have that um, in this industry.
0: So I would like to ask you as we get ready to close, if you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? So I would have been 18 10 years ago.
1: So I, the biggest advice that I would give myself is it's all going to fall into place. Um, I used to stress out so much about the future and what the future held. And I wish I could tell my 18 year old self, it's, it's, it's going to be
0: OK and it's all going to fall into place. Yes. Just walk your path. Keep walk walking. Path. Yep. Mm-hmm. How can our people find you?
1: you? You can find me on Instagram at Juliana, and it's spelled J-U-L-I-A-N-N-A underscore Claire C-L-A-I-R-E, or you can follow me on my
0: blog, and it's just Blush and Camo C-A-M-O dot com beautiful. Thanks, Juliana from Blush and Camo. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show, and I can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today, and as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to Com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening, tell a friend, and I can't wait to see you at the next episode.